Identity doesn't mean my job. Identity means repeated beingness. Beingness is what is how you show up in the world. So your identity is really based in your core values, your characteristics, your personal philosophy, and understanding how you want to show up in the world. And so you have to ask yourself some very serious questions. And it starts with one, having a recognition or an awareness that you need to make a change. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. My conversation with Aaron Mashfitz was something out of a storybook. I had started listening to his podcast, and after two or three episodes, I was hooked, simply because I felt through his words, passion, empathy, and heart that this incredible gentleman had really tapped into what we so often seek to find, which is our own individual sense of personal truth and purpose. Aaron is a dedicated soul with a passion for helping and bringing smiles to people. A former Division I baseball player and professional wrestler in his own right, Aaron had never been one to shy away from taking in new experiences and reinventing himself in the process. However, in his own words, mental health is very much at the core of everything he does and he has made it his mission to facilitate deeper connections within ourselves while integrating different communities and facilitating real, genuine connections. Aaron has a deeply rooted sense of the human experience. His many travels and interactions coupled with a host of personal circumstances, some quite tragic, have shaped an individual with a laser-focused duty to lift as many people up as he can through his message and will to serve. He is the host of the Something for Everybody podcast, where, having gone on a life-saving journey to learn everything he could about mental health, well-being, and realizing our true potential, he made it his goal through his show to make those who listen feel more loved and connected through sharing stories. He is also the founder of You Are Loved, a non-profit mental health organization dedicated to spreading awareness, breaking the stigma, presenting hope, and being a beacon of love to all people living with mental health conditions. On this episode, Aaron schools me on why baseball is such a big deal to him. Getting back up when your entire world comes crashing down. Not letting the darkness take over you. Being a source for good. Loving ourselves. And so much more. I am truly honored to have this amazing individual on the program. So let's get into this. Awaken Yasin, episode 204 with Aaron Majvitz. Here we go. Aaron, I want to thank you for being here, but I all want to celebrate you because I've only gotten to know your work over the past couple of weeks since, you know, we locked in this, uh, this appointment and I've, t- I've taken the time to listen to a lot of your episodes and also interviews you've given on, on other podcasts and also, you know, checking with your work on You Are Loved and also hearing your story. I've heard your story a couple of times, but what I want to celebrate is your spirit. There's a spirit of sincere dedication of vulnerability um, through some unfortunate circumstances, which we will get into, you've managed to overcome, endure, not shy away, not run, but own up to whatever life threw at you, the good and the bad and the worse. And you've made it your mission to bring whatever you could of your strength, your resilience, your love for your fellow human, and anyone and everyone that you feel needs to hear your message. Because what we need is to know that we are not alone. What we need to know that mental health is nothing to shy away from. And there will be bad days. There will be horrible days. But as long as we stick together and we have the courage to be vulnerable and open with whatever is our plight, whatever is our situation or unfortunate circumstance we can always lean on each other and we know that we are loved and those are some very powerful words after having been done some work on myself all you need to know is look over your shoulder or next to you or even in the ether in the fog even when you're confused you need to know that someone out there sees you recognizes you and understands you because that's all we want to know and through those very powerful words you know i believe those are also 
those, you know, your, your personal mantra, which is actually something I'm going to use as the title for this episode, lead with love and empathy. I wrote that down because those are some very, that's a very powerful affirmation. I want to celebrate you for all the great work that you're doing. I want to recognize the fact that you're still with us because unfortunately, when we go through some sad circumstances, you know, God knows how dark we can go, but you're still here with us. And it's an honor, a pleasure, and a thrill to have you on. Welcome to the Awaken Yasin podcast, Aaron. It's a pleasure to have you. I got to I gotta take that in for a second, man. That was That was beautiful. One, thank you for like even over just a couple of weeks, like taking notice of, of the work that I'm trying to do, you know, I think sort of in this space, um, in the service space, like some days you can feel like, like nothing you're doing means anything to anyone, right? Because a lot of times no one's telling us that. And so it could just feel like you're saying things into like an empty void. And then it comes a time just every couple of days or when the universe is speaking to you, it's like, nope, you're, you're on it, man. You're on the right path. You're doing exactly what you need to be doing. And so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving me that, for taking time to notice what I'm doing, to take time to, yeah, just care, just care deeply. Like that's just the essence of that opening bit it's just like you care deeply and very sincere um it's very sincere it is my pleasure I, uh, my friend it i just is. knew i knew i knew this podcast this conversation whatever you want to call it was going to be great just based on the messages you sent on instagram the energy you you possess through those messages the way you reached out um just our bit before recording all of this stuff is like this is it, man. This is why I got into podcasting, not because I wanted to get 10,000 downloads. That would be cool, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Always, um, always. But if you're not in it just because you love the joy of having a beautiful beautiful conversation with someone else that you've never met and now are meeting and getting to know and it's unfolding in a very beautiful, curious, interesting format, it's a powerful thing. And means a lot. I'm, means a lot. I'm hungry for these for these long-form conversations. I'm hungry for them. And, it says uh, a lot. It says a lot about who we are and the importance of actually recognizing that as human beings, that you know, there's more to, there's more to, I could say, the tapestry of our emotions than just likes and who we pretend to be on these on these platforms and stuff, you know. But it, it's a, it's a when I mean it, I really do mean it. I really love everything that you're doing because this is something that needs to be celebrated. Because you know what, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, we're definitely going to talk about your journey, but I really want to start out to this question because I know you're going to, you're going to laugh, but just to keep it a lighthearted note. And again, I consider myself a smart guy. Um, I'm not the biggest sports fan. Mm. I get basketball. I can understand football, but for the life of me, I'm 42. Aaron, in maybe two or three minutes, can you explain baseball to me? <laughs> and why should I care? <laughs> I oh, do not. Man. And I grew up in Haiti. We're right next door to the Dominican Republic, which is a basically which has that yeah. massively adopted baseball. The best I baseball players not in, get, the, in the whole world come baseball. from there. Yeah. What uh, is it? What is it with baseball? It's you make an interesting point because, like, I I don't know why I love baseball. I just fell in love with it immediately when mm-hmm. I was a young boy, like three years old, there's a picture of me that early three. Wow. Yeah. Like my grandpa was a baseball player, you know? Uh, so he introduced it to me, but I just, I don't know. And it's such a, it's such an interesting sport for those that don't know anything about baseball, right? If I'm successful at the sport of baseball, I'm good three out of 10 times in wow. no other profession in the world, maybe besides like a news uh, weatherman, excuse me, or mm-hmm. can you be successful three out of 10 times and be considered a hall of famer? And so it's a, oh. it's a sport ridden with obstacles and challenges continuously throughout the game. And so I coach you now, I coach a 14 year old team and trying to teach them that uh, is beautiful, you know, and they already love the game of baseball. You have to love it. If you're going to, if you're going to pursue it even in high school. And so there's just a there's a there's a romantic aspect of baseball that's so beautiful. Like anytime you watch a game, you're gonna see something that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it may be three hours into the game in the ninth inning when there's been only one hit and it's a pitcher's duel. And if you're a casual fan, you're thinking, 
okay, this is kind of boring. I can see some <laughs> home runs. Like, what, what's happening? But then you just sort of – it's just a casual game that you watch, and you you really have to get in the trenches of it and understand sort of the nuances of why it's amazing. And it it can be a sport that everyone watches, but you really mm-hmm. have to understand it a bit. And my yeah, girlfriend's yeah. from England, and they don't, they don't really play baseball out there. And so Whoa. she watched the playoffs with me last October and just sort of sitting down with her and it's sort of trying to explain the game first base, second base, short stop, all these, that's the pitcher. And then they switch defenses and all of these things that go into it in the base running aspect and the mental game and trying to steal signs. And there's like a little undertone of cheating. That's always been around in baseball, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it be the steroids, the stealing signs, but there's like a, a, a like a tug of war in the midst of the game. That's really quite magical. Um, and so it's really, it's, it's a fine game about like, focusing continue to refocus over and over again because there's there's so many lulls in baseball like Mm -hmm. in between pitches in between at bats in between innings so how can you continuously excuse me refocus over and over again and that's the beauty that you can transfer outside of sport if you if you um if you played baseball for a while and so that's some of the things i try to teach my boys but yeah you kind of have to fall into it as a young person and just like continuously see it and love it and then like grow into it and realize, okay, I do love it, even though it's really hard. And I don't know if I'll ever be good at it, but I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying and trying. And wow. then, you know, I started playing at like, you know, like I said, three and I played, three. um, I played in college, um, mm-hmm. and tried to play in a professional level. And I think by the time I was 20 years old, that's when I first thought like, oh, I'm like pretty good. You know, it took me like 17 years almost to realize like, oh, I might be okay at this sport. That's pretty cool. And so that transferred into my next career of professional wrestling. It transferred into podcasting. Like I'm in it for the long haul. I will stick through it until forever because, you know, I like it. And if if something turns out to be fruitful or I can monetize from it, you Mm -hmm. know, cool. But the power is in in the process of just doing it and iterating it over and over again. How many bricks you can lay on top of each other and build the strongest foundation possible and that you know, plays into your mental health and your physical health and anything you do as a person. I learned all of that stuff through baseball. Every life lesson I learned through baseball, whether it was me learning it myself or my mom telling me about those life lessons on our drives home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another beautiful thing that came out from me playing wow. baseball is with, was with my mom. She was always there. Every game, every practice we took cross country. She was country. that mom, always there. Oh, she's amazing. And she didn't love baseball when I was born, but she saw that I loved baseball and then she loved baseball. And now she's a bigger fan than me. Texas Rangers fan all the way. She'll watch college baseball. She'll come watch me coach my 14 year old kids like that. Yeah, there's there's that power in baseball, but it's it's deeper than that. It's everything I learned from it. It's the relationships I created my best friends in the whole wide world who will be in my wedding standing next to me when I get married that I met because of baseball. It's the beautiful relationship I have with my mom, the 20 hour car rides we took to get me from South Dakota to San Diego. You'll always have that. It's, it's, it's there forever. And there was a point in my life where I hated baseball. If you can imagine that. No. Yes, there was. Like there's this genuine passion and grin going across your face. You're telling me that at some point you weren't feeling that. Hated it. Resentful, bitter about the sport. It took me a while to, to actually address my feelings, to say like, oh, what do you, like, what do you actually feel? Like, you know, maybe, you know, and that was because of professional wrestling. That was because of the very personal thing that happened with my sisters, because a, a friend that I met that helped me on this journey. It was, it was, it was a combination of things, but yeah, from, from about 2014, when I stopped playing to about 2020, yeah, Mm -hmm. baseball was not in, in my life at all. Mm -mm. Wow. What does that say? Because there's a lot to unpack there. And thank you so much for sharing and being so forward. What does that say? Because I, I, I understand and I see this. You mentioned the kids. And the thing is, the beauty of play, mm. even as adults, for some reason, when life takes over and the obligations and, again, life, quotation marks, takes over, we forget about the beauty of play. And I hear you talking about taking up a sport at three years old. 
and it has imprinted into your life, into the fabric of your family and your relations with your mom and what you're trying to impart as wisdom and values to your kids and how it's basically, you know, also anchored you in terms of your mindset and how to attack business, how to attack podcasting, how to attack your own you know, your own personal mental, mental uh, format, if you will. Why, what is, what is it about play? What is it about sports that, that always drives? Because again, I realize that the best athletes are also incredible when they transition, when they retire, when they hang it up, they're also incredibly good entrepreneurs. Would you say, mm -hmm. is that, is that a good comparison? Yes and no. Okay. I would say that after sport, like I had like the six year transition, if I didn't have professional wrestling, like if I didn't jump right into professional wrestling after baseball, I don't, I don't know like what I, like what I would have done, where my okay. mental state would have been, but okay. I had another dream and identity to attach onto immediately. Okay. And so I think, yes, uh, athletes possess so many strengths and skills that they don't understand that they can extrapolate into other professions. I see you. Okay. But they have, but they've attached just everything to I'm a baseball player. I play soccer. And so they don't understand what that sport ends that they've acquired so many life skills. Mm -hmm. They just haven't figured out how to make that sort of switch onto, okay, I'm going to apply them to business. I'm going to apply them to being a massage therapist. I'm going to apply them to being a podcaster. So that I think there's always like this period of, am I ever going to achieve this such height again mm -hmm. in some, in some other domain? And who am I outside of this? Will people still love me? Will people still respect me? Will I love myself? Will I treat myself the same way with the same, uh, what routine, routine oriented, you know, deliberate practice that I had for all these years as an athlete. And so, yes, to your point, absolutely. Like athletes, become amazing leaders, business people, uh, public speakers, uh, mental health advocates, all of these things. But it, it takes them time, I believe, from, you know, for the majority of people, there's obviously some outliers who just mm -hmm. do everything right away. But they have to sort of, they have to get to the root of it all, like I did. And it took me a longer time than I think it could take most people. Um, but the transition out of sport is is a challenging one because, what a lot of people don't realize is to get to an elite level of sport, you have to sacrifice a ton of things. Yes. There is a, mm -hmm. you know, there's a major dark side to trying to become the best in the world. And I tried to relay that to some of my parents because this is their first boy, right? They want to do everything that they can that's best for him. And they're trying mm -hmm. to push him to be his best. But there's an element of that that's, that's, that's scary and that's dangerous because Talk about that. you sort of have to you have to become obsessive at the one thing if you want to become a Tiger Woods, a LeBron James, a Conor McGregor, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the best in the world at what they do at one point in time. And so to get there, you have to sacrifice literally every other aspect of your being. Everything. Relationships, relationships will go down. Fun, having pizza, going on vacations, right? You're in the gym 365 days a year, training, hiring private coaches, tape study, getting appropriate sleep, nutrition, all of that stuff. Like all of that stuff is really important, but it all comes with harmony and balance if you're going to just live a regular flourishing life. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to live a life that you want to be the absolute best in the world, high performer, high class, tip of the tip of the arrow, then there is sacrifices that have to be made. And you have to be you have to really really honestly think about that when you're pursuing these things. Like, am I willing to pay every single price that is necessary for me to become the next LeBron James? Wow. Are you? Are you? I you heard know, if, that. If you, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important to understand some of those darker elements when all you see on TV is the sunshine, the rainbows, the money, the, the highlights, girls, the highlights, all of that stuff. And a lot of that stuff, the athletes could care less about they're in love with the process of playing the game the other stuff comes with it of course you know that you see them in interviews and you see them doing some of it the, they just want to get back to it they want to be with their teammates they want to be in the camaraderie the unity they want to get back to work you know but that comes with a with a set of skills and, and a mindset that that can be built and it can be harvested and it can be grown but you have to be willing to to say okay I'm going on the hero's journey and mm -hmm. I'm going to be hit with some scars and some setbacks, but I'm willing to pay that price. 
you put in some very powerful words um and you talked about how not just athletes but if we we're going to bring it home you know whether you have you've had a job the same job for the past 10 years or six years true story and sometimes all you think you are is this i am just a mom i'm just a dad i'm just an accountant i'm just a plumber and the second that you might think that hey can i be a podcast host and sometimes like you said that separation right between i guess what i'm trying to ask is in your experience for those people who have possibly lost themselves or to don't dare to ask themselves who they are do you have some practical methods that we could actually unearth that you know get under the muck and actually try to find what lies beneath and who we actually are not just what we do but who we are are there practical steps where we can discover that yeah I, i think there are and i think an important definition is is um identity what does identity mean well identity means your repeated beingness identity doesn't mean my job Identity means repeated beingness. Beingness is what is how you show up in the world. So your identity is really based in your core values, your characteristics, your personal philosophy, and understanding how you want to show up in the world. And so you have to ask yourself some very serious questions. And it starts with one, having a recognition or an awareness that you need to make a change. You know, we have this sort of feeling in our gut sometimes, like an intuition, but we don't trust it because we've never trusted our gut before or trusting our gut has led us down a path that's bad. And that's that's fair, right? You're trying to keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. And so you don't you push that away. You push that away. But now we're in a safe place and we feel this sort of intuition, this awareness, this thing keeps coming up like, oh, I really, I really like turtles and I want to explore that more. But that's kind of like weird a little bit. So I'm just going to shove it to the side and I'm not going to trust my intuition. And I don't have this or that. And if I start here, it's embarrassing and people are going to make fun of me and and all that stuff is going to pop through your head over and over and over and over again. But you have to, again, there's an awareness piece. There's a recognition that you want to make a change. You're starting to get curious about something. And then you have to get really, really honest, very honest. Um, I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson's work. Love him. And he talks about that you have to get so honest with yourself about where your starting point is that it almost becomes embarrassing. But it's not embarrassing because that's what your starting point is for you. Mm-hmm. So if you know absolutely nothing about yourself and you only identify with what you do, not who you're being, then you have to spend some time thinking about that. Maybe it's 30 seconds of alone time. Maybe it's one deep breath. Maybe it's a minute. Maybe it's a walk. And you're getting super honest. He talks about cleaning your room, right? If you want to relay it to that, it's like, my room is a mess. Okay. Well, the only thing that I might be able to do today is Mm -hmm. put this one sock away. Now, if someone else looks at you, they might be like, "Mm, that's. that's What's the point? Just one sock. But for you, that's your starting point. And that's beautiful because it is a starting point. And you can't be anywhere unless you get started first. And so you put that one sock away. Okay, what can you do tomorrow? What can you do next week? How can you keep showing up for yourself and then writing these things down, writing down these wins, having some positive reinforcement for yourself, congratulating yourself along the way, and then spending more and more time thinking, meditating, breathing, and then getting to know yourself a little bit better. Okay, I want to show up in the world with some zest, with some gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a hard worker. I'm resilient. Okay, that's my identity. Now, how do I continue to do that? And when I fall short, what do I do? Do I shame and guilt myself? No, I just say, "Mm, that could use a little work. Cool. That needs work. Wow. No problem. Just taking ownership. You know? Um, And so that idea is is extremely powerful because, one, it builds confidence in yourself, you know? And the, the root of confidence, again, is intense trust in oneself, right? And so... The only way to have trust in yourself is to gain that credibility through credible actions. And then you're like, oh, okay, I can actually do that. Oh, I did actually do that. And then you think to yourself, okay, I can take that next step. I can push to my capacity, the edge of my capacity a little bit farther and farther. And then you become more curious. And then you're, and then things start to expand. Things start to line up, you know, and then you start to follow your intuition and you follow your heart. And because you've built more trust in yourself, you've built this capacity to understand 
who you are and how you want to show up and you're grabbing that okay just, you're you're taking it and you're doing it wow was it because i see a lot of that same drive i see a lot of that same curiosity and that um audacity if you will to just take leaps take jumps of faith and i'm curious to know that between the transition between baseball and wrestling was that was it something that was intentional was it something you were curious about what led to that because i've never i've heard this story so much but i really want to hear it from your own words for the people who haven't heard it what from baseball to wrestling how do we go from there well one i i feel like i'm one of the luckiest people of all time right i had two loves growing up one was baseball and that was an early love started playing around like three like i said probably fell in love with it like age six and my parents started taking to a bunch of games we used to live in san francisco so i got to watch barry bonds play my dad and i sat, nice. sat at the left field bleachers like barry bonds is my favorite baseball player of all time wow i don't care what people say about him i love him he made me fall in love with the game um and so then around age 13 I see WWE on television for the first time. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. Like, okay, I love sports. Do you remember what the first match was? Oh, yeah. There was a, I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans or not, but um, it was uh, June of 2006 was the first time I ever saw professional wrestling. And it was an episode of Monday Night Raw. And there was a segment going on. Yeah, with Edge and John Cena. And they okay. were building up this big feud to SummerSlam, which is like WWE's like big uh, summer pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And there was uh, Edge went to like John Cena's dad's house, and then he started talking smack, and then he like slapped him in the face, and there was this big commotion. And then I was like, oh my God, what is this? And then I watched like a few actual matches, and just the combination of athleticism, really big dudes, like doing cool stuff. Like theater, I was super it involved is in theater. very physical. I don't care what anybody very says. Physical. It is very physical. It's 100%. not a game. It's an actual. These guys are athletes. They mm-hmm. are athletes. They're performers, but they're athletes. Yes, it's the beautiful combination of both. And I like. I love superheroes. I would dress up all the time as Power Rangers, and saw these like larger than life characters, and I was just hooked instantly. And so it was baseball games. Or it was WWE shows. It was I was wearing the T-shirts to school. I watched every video you could pop. There was no video on demand service yet, so my mm-hmm. parents bought me anthologies of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Every T-shirt I could have. Um, so I it was love with it. And I told them, I said, I'm either going to be a, a professional baseball player or I'm going to be a WWE champion. You That's spoke into the do. universe. Wow. And my Good parents, being you know the most supportive, loving people that I've ever were, like absolutely cool get it done let's do it whatever like my dad went to a couple wrestling shows wwe shows with me didn't love them but he took me anyways right just what a guy um and so then um fast forward to college i play at south dakota state university division one all american or whatever all these sorts of things didn't get drafted so that was kind of a uh a big kind of a letdown Mm -hmm. yeah i thought i was it was one of the best hitters in the country but you know i went to a small school so it is and then I went to three tryouts after the season ended, uh, all with the Atlanta Braves. And I just, I played really bad, just to be frank. Um, they were the worst three tryouts I'd ever had in my life. I wasn't really a tryout guy because I hadn't gotten really concrete on my mental skills yet. So I mm-hmm. did all of those things that I know now. I wish I'd known then, but that is what it is. I'm, I'm, I am where I'm meant to be. And so after that ended, um, I packed up all my stuff, drove from South Dakota back to Dallas where I live, and was like, well, it's time to get into professional wrestling. So I immediately started training um, about 45 minutes from my house with this guy named Stephen Kirby. And six months later, I developed the name Jackson Stone, and I started hitting the road as an as wow. independent professional wrestler. Wow. So I had absolutely no time to think about what baseball meant to me. On I to just, the next thing. I just immediately wrote it off as hate it, didn't do anything for me. I'm resentful about it. I'm not watching it anymore. Fuck baseball. I love wrestling only. I am Jackson Stone. That's who I am. That's my new identity. 
And that's what I'm wrapping my whole personality around. Wow. And that's what I did. Did you, because I know, I know WWE is basically the name of the game. So did you, you were doing on the independent circuit. Did you ever go to tryouts or casting auditions or something? Were there, was there training camps that you try to attend? Yeah. Yeah. I was, mo I was independent uh, my whole career. I did mm -hmm. a couple WWE tryouts mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really want to work um, towards the tail end of my career. Now, if, if the offer had come in the first three years of my career, I mm -hmm. would have said yes right away. Okay. But in the back end, I started wanting to own the, my name. I started loving the way I was traveling around the, the world, Europe, especially. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, then it just uh, totally was not a thing for me um, after my sister. Right, right. Because from what I understand, because um, first of all, people need to know this. If you're a wrestling fan, if you don't know, if you know this, understand that branding is important. We are in an age where you need to make sure that you own your work. Most people don't know this. The just the name Stone Cold Steve Austin is owned by WWE. You can't just put that on a T-shirt. So they own what you do. They own what you say. They own your time. They own your sick days. They own you going to a funeral. I've read the WWE uh, anthology Bible and they like personal stories about, you know, not just the injuries, but just being away from your kids every other week, missing birthdays. And this, it takes a toll on you. It really does. So just to hear that, you know, you had the courage to actually own up to the fact that, okay, you know what, this is what I want to do again, taking accountability and taking ownership of your journey come what may. Okay. I'm sure, you know, you, again, like you said, maybe the offer had come the first three years yeah sure but coming into a very powerful chapter and i thank you for being forward with it um again just like you i will uh send a particular warning to anyone listening to this we will be getting into uh subjects of um again suicide and depression and if you are not unfortunately in a position to receive or not in a position to, you know, if you can be easily triggered uh, by such a topic, I invite you to click off. The podcast will be here when you get back. And you will definitely be able to receive Aaron's story. Um, just know that if you do need help, there are resources. And myself and Aaron are always available to listen if you so need. Um, that being said, um, Aaron, I know that you lost your sister uh, to, and I'm sorry, I don't want, I don't, I, I know that you're very particular about the way you phrase it. I know that your sister died by suicide did not commit suicide and i really want you to bring those words forward because the differentiation is amazing and it can only be expressed in your own words but i please dress up the difference for us make sure make sure that we understand why you use those words in that manner <clears throat> well i didn't always use those words um my sister my sister died by suicide in 2000 september of 2018 um and yeah, bef before I get into that and sort mm -hmm. of my journey learning all of these things, mm -hmm. I'd like to sort of set the scene uh, about kind of where I was at in, in my life because we, we've touched on professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was my life at the time. Um, I was a professional wrestler named Jackson Stone. My moniker was Lights Camera Jackson. So basically my character was a pretend movie star. And so I was pretending everywhere. I was performing everywhere on social media, at uh, at the shows, everywhere except where I lived. And for a time, I loved it because that's why I fell in love with professional wrestling because of larger than life characters, the ability to perform, the ability to be seen as a superhero or a supervillain. And so this was my character. And I was so living. So you were basically you were a heel. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I was living in Philadelphia, which is a long way away from where my parents and my sister were living in Dallas. And I was mm -hmm. living with a guy named Wheeler Yuta, who's now a big star on TV for AEW, if you watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. And we were just in the midst. We were grinding. We lived in a very, very bad apartment in a bad part of town, but we were doing the best we could. We were trying to make a dream come true. And <clears throat> in September of 2018, I get a call while I'm at the beach in the Jersey Shore that my sister died and when you when you get a call like that if anyone's gotten such a tragic heartbreaking shocking 
almost disturbing phone call, you don't really know how to respond. You're sort of like, mm, is that real? There's no way. There's no way. There's, There's no, no manual way to this. You know, it's like, <clears throat> so I immediately went home, got a flight out the next day, <clears throat> and I stayed uh, with my parents in our house in Dallas for the rest of September because it happened at the very beginning of September. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should go back to Philadelphia. I didn't know if I should keep wrestling. I didn't know what I should do. But I did know that I needed to start learning about this stuff. And so I started reading and engaging immediately. I put myself in a support group immediately. I don't know why I did any of these things. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how I did any of these things. But I knew if I didn't, then I don't know what I would what? be doing now or who I, yeah. Right. And so the support group of suicide loss survivors, I, I've been in that for the last four years. It's been an absolute saving grace for me. And then I started posting on social media about my sister, about what she went through, about what I think, and just random thoughts. A lot of the stuff was just off the top of my head. Some of it wasn't well said. Some of it didn't make sense. Some of it wasn't right, but it was just exactly what I was feeling in the moment. And it was the first time in a while on social media and in my real life that I was just being the person that I am, me. Wow. And there was sort of a, there was a freeing feeling to it, even though I was obviously speaking about the worst thing that's ever happened to me and hopefully mm -hmm. will ever happen to me. Mm -hmm. And, and, but professional wrestling plays a role in this because at the end of September, September 30th, 2018, I had a match scheduled a really big match that i had been planning for for a while with my roommate wheeler yuda at a big show mm -hmm. and i was not sure if i wanted to fly back and do that show wow but in my heart i knew that i wanted to and it gave me something to look forward to it gave me something to get up in the morning i still had to hit the gym and all of these things and i fly back i have this match with wheeler yuda my roommate who's the first person i told about this when i got home and we just, after the match, you know, some of the fans may knew if they followed me, some of them don't. But after the match, we just, we had a big cry together. And wow, um, it it's one of the most important moments in my whole life. That's a pivotal moment. Because just having to share the ring with with one of my best friends in the whole world and then just being able to let out so many different emotions, a bit of joy from having that match. It went mm -hmm. really well, you know, a bit of relief that it was sort of over, you know, some severe grief, sadness, you know, um, all of these things just coming out in like a street corner outside of this town in Massachusetts and being able to be there with my friend. It's, it's one of the, the best, you know, the most important moments of my life. And so after that, I started to transition. I started to transition my character because I started posting a lot on social media about mental health. I started learning as much as I could, conferences, classes, courses, podcasts, everything I could to understand signs, symptoms, triggers, things, why, what, who, everything, everything. And I started just sharing some of this information. And then I created a shirt called You Are Loved because You Are, you are Loved. loved came to me uh, when I needed it uh, the most. And I don't care how cliche or cheesy those three words are. They, they saved me because I, I needed to, I needed that reminder in that moment. And my parents needed that reminder in that moment. And so me and Wheeler printed a shirt. Um, we, we donated the proceeds to American for suicide prevention, which is an absolutely fantastic organization. Mm -hmm. We sold like 250 shirts. And wow. Yeah, that sort of started to spark this idea of like, what more can I do? What more can I do? How can we change professional wrestling, change the world, change people, you know, change the conversation around mental health? And so I then started because I was still performing at shows as Lights, Camera, Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I started to have this like deep, just absolute pit in my stomach, just like pulling on my heart, like absolute tug of war like i can't, i feel sick to my stomach going to these shows and trying to be this pretend character saying shut up trying to make the fans dislike me when it wasn't all, authentic all, mm -mm, 
when all I wanted to do, man, was just like talk to them after the show. Like, how are you doing? What's going on? Like, how can we be friends? You want a picture, anything, right? And so that's when I started sort of transitioning um, my character away from that just to be myself. I just, the only thing that was different was I still had a pretend name, which was Jackson Stone. Jackson Stone. Killer name, by the way. Killer. It just <laughs> rolls off like Jackson Thank Stone. You. Like I saw, because I, I, I got to admit, when we first connected, it was like Aaron, aka Jackson Stone. When I started digging, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, but yeah, just, it just flows well. Like, you know, Jackson Stone, Sean Michaels, Jackson Stone. I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. Thank but, you. Um, and so that basically led me back to, to Dallas. Um, I wrestled for a little bit longer and I actually retired, um, last March in 2022 mm -hmm. and you're catching me at a beautiful time as well because I just fully transitioned everything away from Jackson stone. Wow. So, which felt, uh, you know, I've been How that person that? since 2015 and now to be on the tail end of this transition is, it's like, oh, man, feels really good. It's like I feel it from here. I am. I'm, I'm Aaron. You know, I'm happy for you. Jackson Stone was a was a a beautiful part of my life that I'll never forget. I cherish him and that those memories forever. You know, transitioning my podcast away from Jackson talks everybody to something for everybody. You know, there's a bit of fear that goes with that. Am I going to lose everyone that's followed me? And no. is, is all this going to just spiral out of control? Um, you know, and so uh, I feel I feel at peace, I'd, I'd say, with you. You with are in a wonderfully authentic, sincere and safe space, my friend. The yeah. people that gravitate away. You have served them to the best of your ability, mm. and they have decided that is their choice, not yours. They have decided that this no, no longer serves them. There's nothing wrong because you are here to serve. And if your content, if the name, if the persona no longer serves them, then okay, fine. Mm. That's okay, too. Yeah. And now in this new chapter, in this new sunshine, in this new, this new spring of your life, you are entitled to celebrate yourself. Because I believe that, what did I read this again? I believe this guy, Aaron, also also said, positively reinforce yourself for doing the things you said you were going to do. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. But those, that's really true. Because the little wins and the big wins are part and parcel. It is very, very important that we keep in mind all the efforts we have put forward, whether it's putting on a sock, whether it's transitioning into a new identity, and going back and taking ownership of our authentic self. There is tremendous power in standing into your own authenticity because we're, and we're surrounded by so much fallacy and so many highlights and so many reels and so many challenges. Right now, what is the most important thing? What people gravitate towards is authenticity. Your tribe, my friend, your tribe is out there. And not only is it out there, they will find you. They will find you one positive message at a time. Now, You Are Loved is was born out of a very sad circumstance. And again, I pray for you. I pray for your family. And I'm very sorry that this happened. And your sister will remain in our hearts. Um, it's something that on a human level, I really do feel just hearing your words. Um, I understand that it can't be something always easy to talk about, but you take ownership of that because you understand that we need to hear it. And I do thank you because someone hearing this needs to hear it. How do we, we, I know you don't have the answers. We're not social, social workers, but how do we remain present for the people who probably feel that they are not being heard or what can we do to show up? You know, when they say, check in on your strong friend, how do we do that? Aaron, because we just, if they had probably reached out to us, maybe we could have done something. And that's always the pain, isn't it? The fact that we never know why they went that far or why they felt like they couldn't talk to us. How do we create that dialogue? How do we create that space for them? Hmm. Before I answer that, I, I, I do want to answer your previous question that I didn't answer because I, oh. I sort of said that story about died by suicide and mm -hmm. committed suicide. <clears throat> so committed sort of implies that the person did something 
like they committed a crime. That's usually where we use that term. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about my sister, I want to think about her in the most positive, loving light because she was the the best big sister. She was my first best friend. She was at my very first professional wrestling show. She filmed it. It's on YouTube if you want to watch. It's quite funny. Uh, but she was there supporting me. She built my first website. She was an engineer, beautiful, brilliant engineer. Um, but she deeply, she deeply struggled for a very, very long time. For almost 11 years, she battled severe depression. She battled bipolar disorder. She battled a little bit of schizophrenia. She was an absolute fighter. And unfortunately, she lost her battle. Now, her circumstances are different than some other people. Um, suicide doesn't have one specific thing that might cause it. It's usually mm-hmm. a culmination of things. Sometimes it is one specific thing that's usually in sort of young people who haven't experienced life as much to understand that they can overcome these things. And that's also something that we have to teach them and build into them and, and uh, guide them through. Um, but my sister, she was very sick for a very long time. And I, and I think she, she fought as long as she could. And, and I believe that when people die by suicide, they don't actually want to die. They just feel like there's no way for this pain to ever end. And this is my only option. They are absolutely, and people think about, people say that suicide is selfish. That is not true because the person that is in this insurmountable depth of darkness that you cannot fully grasp because you are not inside of their brain, you are not in the depths of hell that they Mm -hmm. feel like they are in. They are not thinking about any good memories, any good moments. They are not thinking about the people they love or the people that love them. They are thinking about how the fuck Do I stop feeling this way? And yes, they make a permanent decision for a thing that's potentially temporary. Temporary. Yes, I understand that. I wish my sister was sitting here with me right now. I would give it up all to have her back immediately. But that's not going to happen. And so we have to then learn how we all play a role in preventing suicide. And that's thinking about these things at a very, very deep level. And it can hurt. It's very painful to think about that some people are in such darkness and such despair that they are willing to do this thing. But that's the only way that we can come to terms with it and start talking about it openly and honestly. And so I'd say died by suicide because that's the same way you would say someone died by cancer because Uh it's an illness. It's a sickness. Sometimes, not all of the time, mm-hmm. right? There's very different circumstances for certain mental health conditions, which I use that phrase more than I use mental illness because mm-hmm. it's a condition that we live with. Just like we were talking about identity earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, you may have a diagnosable mental health condition, but it's not all that you are. You are not depression. You are much more than that. You are bigger than that. You are capable of more than that. And you can overcome that day by day, action from action. And yes, it's hard. There's going to be days where you don't feel like getting out of bed. You can barely brush your teeth, but you can still move forward. You can still decide to do one little action and be proactive with your mental health. And that's the point we have to get to. Mm -hmm. And so language is extremely important when it comes to talking about our mental health. Yes. Trying not to use these terms as adjectives. The weather is so bipolar. I'm o- I'm so OCD. Like these things are very serious things that people deal with on a regular basis and are still living fully meaningful, powerful lives. And we can't downgrade their existence by using these throwaway terms to describe things that we have many Just more so words. casually. Mm-hmm. Yes. That we have many more words in our vocabulary to describe these things. You know, and it's even it's even might be as going as far as just removing the idea of crazy from your vocabulary because there's another mental health myth about that people who experience mental health conditions are crazy. Crazy. Because we see the people who do all of these really horrible things and they're they're just posted all over the news, which they should stop doing, but that's a whole other conversation for yes. another time. Uh-huh. But majority of time, people who experience mental health conditions, yes, they might have distorted thoughts or like, you know, perception things or things going on there, but they're not crazy. They're just vulnerable human beings who are just triggered by certain symptoms. And it and it is upon you, the person listening, to then go and understand deeper about these things if you certainly care about the people in your life. Because everyone you know 
has mental health, right? Mental health is how you think, feel, and act. So it encompasses our every single day. Now, there's more severe conditions like my sister was going through and like I'm sure people who are listening to this have gone through depression, anxiety, all of these things that we deal with. And so we have to take it upon ourselves to understand it deeper within ourselves. And so then we can then check on our friends. How wow. do we check on our friends? We have to actively reach out to them. And if they don't answer after one message, two message, you call, you text, you try to schedule something. Hey, what's up? You know, and then when you get there, you have to be willing to sit in the dark with them. And you are not trying to fix anything. These are not broken people. They are just people, human beings with very complicated, nuanced things going on in their body, right? The yin and the yang, the good and the evil exists in all of us. And they are battling this demon because everyone is on a hero's journey, like I said. And the hero's journey is about facing the fucking dragon. And the dragon is going to burn you. It's going to burn your arms. It's going to burn your legs. Some people going to suck. Some people come out of it more, um, less scarred than others, right? But that doesn't make your scars less important or less valid. And mm -hmm. so if you're going to check on your strong friends, if we're going to be really proactive with our mental health and actually care about the things that we're tweeting, because people tweet a lot about mental health. Yep. But, but I don't give a shit about what you tweet. I care about how you act with the people in your life when they need Even you the most. it's just one person. And it's just one person. Are you showing up for them? And now sometimes we don't have energy. We don't have it in ourselves. We don't have space. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the own, our own mental fortitude to sit with that person. This is but, true. But the beautiful thing about that is if you're honest about that with the person you're reaching out to that you think is struggling and you're saying that you're struggling too, there's a beauty and there's a connection in that because now they know that they've been thinking they're alone. They've been thinking that all the thoughts they have that no one else has had, that they're crazy because they think these things and they're mm -hmm. thinking about that life would be better if I wasn't here. They're thinking all of these things and our brain is tricking us to say that we are the only ones on earth thinking these things. No one else has ever thought them. Wow. Now you're reaching out saying to them, I've been thinking about you. I know you wanted to hang out or I know I said I could hang out this day or that day but I just have, don't have it in me. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And that person is going to be so relieved that you were vulnerable and open with them that you guys are creating a connection just in that moment saying to each other, you are not alone. I'm right here. Maybe not in the same room as you, maybe even not in the same state as you, but we are interconnected. There's an, there's an at-one-ment there between us, between our common humanity, and we're pulling on that thread over and over and over again because we all share these things you know well, we, we, we experience different things like you and i have experienced different things yes but the resulting emotions have been the same you know what pain feels like you know what suffering feels like mm -hmm. you know what heartbreak feels like what rejection feels like you also know what love feels like what someone being optimistic about your future feels like what someone believing in you feels like they may have come from different places but that's the human in us connecting on a deeper level. And that's what's about, that's how you check in on your strong friends. It's amazing. So what we need to always bring forward, whether we're in it or not, because you're right. A lot of times our, the people we want to reach out to, because we do, I believe that we all have that sincere intention. Intention is very important, but I believe where we fall short is because we're not used like talking about all that dark stuff i'm being very i'm having a human detail here because talking about the dark stuff isn't fun it's scary oh i don't want to bother them i don't want to i don't want to get into that or i'm dealing with my own shit so why would i want to disturb them in their own shit well maybe that's all they need if you just said that like listen i believe and that's how i come forward when i tell people that like listen i don't i'm not going to pretend i know and guys you can use this as a script if you want just piggybacking what aaron said if you want words here are some words i do not pretend to know what you're going through just so you know because of that i feel a little bit um unable to properly give you the help that i would want you to have but if you need me to be an ear to listen to i can do that for you Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I have the solution. 
I'm not saying I'm going to give you money or just solve whatever's going on, but if what you need, because I care about you, if what you need is an ear to listen, I want to be here for you, just so you know that I want to be here for you in any way that you deem acceptable. And if you want me to be away, just so you know, I will be here. I don't want to get on your nerves. I don't want to be another bother. But just so you know that I sincerely care. And this is only coming from a loving space. Dress it up any which way you want. But I, in my experience, have learned that it's okay not to have the answers. It's okay not to know what the person is going through. I'm not an alcoholic. But if I know that I have a friend struggling with alcohol abuse, like, yo, bro, um, how you been? You want me to come and sit down with you? I'm just going to sit with you. I'm not going to tell you to do anything. You don't have to tell me anything. Let's let's just sit through this together. I'm going to be on the phone as long as you want me to. These are things that are very real because we're human. We have words. We have words. Say what you feel. And if it's clumsy, but I might be clumsy. Well, tell them you were clumsy. Okay, that did not come out right. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. And it's okay. So what you're telling us, Aaron, is the fact that we need to bring transparency. Mm-hmm. We need to bring vulnerability, and we, of course, need to bring empathy. We can't just brush it off. We need to be sincerely engaged mm-hmm. into this exchange because that's all we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. <clears throat> if you, you can think about it in three steps, you want to validate, you want to appreciate, and then you want to refer. Refer is kind of a weird way to say you're just asking them how you can help, mm-hmm. right? But the first two steps are incredibly important because you're validating a person's feelings. No one is going to be honest with you about what they need and want unless they feel seen and heard. Okay. So if you share to me, hey, I I had some trouble getting out of bed the last couple days. My first thought needs to be, okay, I need to validate that. Okay, how do I do that? Man, that sounds really tough. I'm sorry you're going through that. Simply just saying, I recognize you. I see you. That's real. That struggle is absolutely real, and I see you. So I'm validating you. Okay, now what do I say next? Okay, you appreciate them for opening up because no matter how small it is, when someone opens up to you, it takes a lot of vulnerability. What is vulnerability? It's the combination of courage and truth. Courage and truth. That's what we're seeking. Courage and truth. And so when someone is courageous and truthful with you, you absolutely have to appreciate that. Oh, man, thank you. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you. I appreciate you telling me that. That's it. Simple as that. And then now that you validated and appreciated someone – In the midst of an actual conversation, right? You're not making this like uh, super formulaic, but just thinking about these things in the back of your mind as um, sort of guideposts. Now this person feels like you see them, you hear them, you validated them. They feel understood to a point where you can actually understand them. Maybe not fully, but enough. They feel appreciated like, okay, it's, it's actually okay for me to say the things that I need and want. Oh, it's actually okay for me to speak out because maybe at some point in their life, They got reprimanded for that. They were told to shut up. They were told their feelings don't matter. All of those things play a role in how people present themselves. Mm -hmm. We have to be thinking about that because we can be the person that absolutely changes the trajectory of their whole life. With one simple conversation, you thought it was a throwaway comment that Mm -hmm. you said, I appreciate you for telling me that. Like, thank you. That can change the way they open up to their partner the next time or they open up to their grandma or they tell their mom how they're feeling because we showed them that it's possible. And so those conversations are important, whether it's peer-to-peer, colleague-to-colleague, whether it's someone you barely talk to at work. That stuff is important. And then the refer portion is, okay, like, how can I help you in this moment? Like, what's best for you? And that person will feel capable and honest about what they need. I just need to, like, I just need to go for a walk. Do you want me to go with you? Okay, I'll go with you. I just, I, I've been meaning to sign up for therapy, but I'm just, like, scared to, to, to actually do it. Can you just be here with me while I do it? Absolutely. I've I've been meaning to text my mom and and just tell her that I'm sorry for the way that I responded at Thanksgiving. Okay, well, I'll I'll sit here. Let's construct a message together. Like, we can do this. Like, whatever it is, it may be something much bigger than that. It may be something deemed much smaller than that. But all of it is important. All of it is valid. That person has been thinking about it and replaying it in their head over and over and over and over and over again. And finally, someone just said, I understand. Like, I get it. That's I hear tough. you. That's so hard. Like, I thank you. you for telling me, you know? And so if we can think about those three steps too, and just in passing conversations and things that we, you know, the way we say, how are you is brutal these days, you know, 
Like, if you're going to say it, say it like you mean it and be open for the person to respond. Be if intentional. not, just say, hey, just say, hey, be intentional. what's up? It's good to see you. You know, Love talk it. about the weather if you're if you're not open enough to 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 if deliver. You want to go deep down. Let's just right. talk about what did you see? Did you see? Well, how, how long did your drive? Like, how was your commute? Just talk about something like really. Yeah. Remember when we used to actually just sit in the sit in the lane at the Apple store for the next iPhone? Just talk about something random. Just, and the person knows you're just trying to help just trying to help right it's so we have we have to be open we have to have that patience we have to have that intention we have to just be able to in our minds in our hearts and in our words say i hear you i see you and you are loved <laughs> it's true man like because oh. some people just never ever 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 get that ever their whole life they don't get that those very simple words but powerful they don't get it ever i can't imagine not hearing that from my parents. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Like, obviously, that propelled me to have confidence in myself that I don't even know where it came from. Mm -hmm. But if we can realize that, like, I'm the luckiest person ever with the parents that I had, most people aren't that way. And we, we can be a guy. We can be a light. We can be an absolute light. Because the person also has to take it upon themselves, obviously, to do the action and do the you work. You have to do right? the work. You have to do the work. I'm not disregarding the work, but we as a person can be that vehicle to show them that there's light, to show them that they can do the work, to show them that they're way more capable than they ever thought possible just by putting in consistent effort, day-to-day -day basis, trying our best, trying our best, trying our best. When our best looks different, we still try. We still try and we still keep moving forward. Uh -huh. And so the power is in connection. The power is in our human relationships. The power is in us understanding that we all have similar parts of us, the good, the evil in us. We have to come to terms with that before we pass judgment on anyone else for doing things that we think we would never do. We're just not being honest with ourselves about that. And wow. so we have to get to the root of all that. And, and that's an important thing for all of our mental health, because there's so many, so many therapists who can work with so many people, but it's about the peer to peer connection. It's about the non-degreed people helping in any way they can. We all play a role in preventing suicide. We all play a role in enhancing our mental health, in prioritizing our mental health, and making it a proactive piece all around. And it starts with these conversations. It starts with you getting to the root of your honesty. It starts with being open with people in safe places. All right, there's a caveat for all of that. Your vulnerability is not for everyone all of the time. It's for people who are you know are going to hear you um in certain wow. in certain circumstances but yeah it's it's important and over the last four years i've seen it in real time cha act change my whole life wow like I, I would have never said that i'm one of the if not the luckiest man in the world you know after my sister died but now i feel that way because i feel her presence her light her shine her thoughts, her non-judgmental attitude, guiding me to do the things that I feel absolutely purposeful in doing. There's nothing else that I think I should be doing except having these types of conversations. Wow, man. You have left me filled, filled with so much to think about, so much enlightenment, so much truth. And I am beyond certain that this message, this conversation, this exchange, because I really do mean this when I say this every time, there's something called the sands of time and they flow only one way. Time is the most precious resource that we have. We can't make more of it and we can't take it back. We can't give it back. For you to share this time with us is a gift. And I want to say a very heartfelt and sincere thank you to you, your mission, your words, your truth, the memory of your sister, beloved as she is. I want to say thank you, Aaron, for showing up as you do for everyone, whether online or offline, through your projects, through your speaking engagements, through your messages, just showing up and giving us this wonderful gem of a gift that's letting us understand that A, there is nothing wrong with us. We have our own battles. We have our own shit to deal with. We mental health is not is not something we should be ashamed of. It is a condition. We all have 
different levels of mental health, severe or not, but we can all show up for each other. We are all connected on this human level through love, understanding, and empathy. Mm -hmm. Aaron, you're a singular individual, and I want to say thank you for this time. I want to remain respectful of your clock because, you know, we're always coming up on top of the hour, but I want to keep my word. I'm disciplined that way. We could go for months on end. But I just want to say, first of all, make sure that you know this. This is not the last of our connections. Please. Open invitation. Anytime you want to be back, the Awaken the Awesome podcast will be here for you. And you're always welcome back, my friend. Thank you very much for this exchange. Thank you. Thank you for the space. Thank you for the energy. Thank you for the love. And uh, I deeply appreciate you. And I'm glad to know you. For anyone who might want to connect with you on the interwebs, uh, shameless plugging time, and is where particular places we can connect with you, follow up, support, you are loved, any particular place that we can direct the listeners to? Yeah, if you, I mean, I'm at Aaron Mashbits on all social media platforms. And then if you want to check out You Are Loved, it's youarelovedlife.com. Uh, .com. Awesome. I will definitely link up all the, pro the, all the proper links on the blog post once it goes live. We do have a running tradition on the podcast, not to put you on the spot, what I like to call the next step. Whether favorite book, mantra, life mission, personal message, book, quote, whatever, song, daily affirmation, tip, whatsoever. Someone can actually wake up tomorrow and use that as your particular next step towards their next level, whatever that looks like. Is there anything we can leave the listeners with? Yeah, flip the switch. That's what it's called. Flip the so, switch. Flip the switch embodies three very important characteristics. Go ahead. One is your body language. Two is a deep breath. And three, self-talk. So flipping the switch is step number one is your body language. So you embody your biggest superhero pose. Chest up, shoulders back. You close your eyes. Number Step number two is take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. And as you exhale, step number three is self-talk. You're saying something kind to yourself, whatever it is. That's flipping the switch. It takes about wow. 10 seconds, and you can do it 400 times in a day. It's just a reminder. Wow. Have big body language. Take a deep breath. Say something kind to yourself. Flip the switch over and over and over again so you can aim to show up as the best version of yourself. And that's you know three things we can control right there is our breath, our body language, and our self-talk. That's like me. That's right. Aaron Mashfitz. It's been a pleasure, an honor, and a thrill. Thank you so much for this message. Guys, please go follow Aaron on the Instagrams of the world. I will definitely link up his web presence. Go do subscribe. Do subscribe to Aaron's podcast. Something for everybody on all the platforms. Okay? No, I'm telling you, I'm, I've, been, I, I've subscribed and I'm really listening. I really love all the, all, and I love, I love your progression because from episode one to talking with the gyms to now, there has been a fantastic evolution. Like, I love it. I want to celebrate you for that because, again, as we know, podcasting, especially as an independent, is not easy. So that consistency is something you need to be celebrated for, my friend. That Thank and you. so much more. Guys, as always, thanks so much for checking in on the podcast and supporting the journey. Do check in, leave us your reviews, let us know what you thought. Go follow Aaron, show some love, support the movement. As always, stay blessed, stay safe, and as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.